What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Benny and Chris Talk Sports. I am Chris. And I am Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 148. A little bit later than usual. Uh, had some scheduling uh, issues, I guess we could say. And we decided that uh, doing it at a time when we could both uh, sanely sit down and, and, and talk about sports, as the name of the show implies, would be better than uh, one of us... Uh, trying to do it after working a full shift or waking up after two hours sleep. So here we are. Like I said, a little bit later, but we are here for you on Wednesday still. Uh, fun show for, planned for you today. We're going to go over the Major League Baseball playoffs, uh, well, the wild cards, more specifically, the wild card games. And there's already been a firing. And then we're going to move on to a bunch of NFL news. So without further ado, let's get into it. Last night. Our uh, beloved Red Sox did something that not a lot of people, including us at a lot of points in the season, thought was going to be possible. They not only won the first wild card spot, but they beat the Yankees in Fenway 6-2. to two. They will now move on to the division series against the Rays. Um, I got to say, at points this season, I thought this was a foregone conclusion. Other points, I thought there was no way this is happening. This team has been really hot and cold, so hopefully they're getting hot at just the right time. And... They were led to, led uh, by Xander Bogarts, who, by all accounts, has been cold for the past two, two and a half weeks, uh, getting just befuddled at the plate by the Washington Nationals and the Baltimore Orioles the last six games of the season, and comes out and rips a, I think it was a center field shot off Garrett Cole, and kind of puts a statement on the board that they're going to they're going to take this one and you know for all the crap I gave Kyle Schwarber he again he comes in and and you know drills one himself and they really it started off I didn't I didn't get to see the beginning but I saw the latter parts of the game and and it really looks like they turned around what they were doing the question is uh, cuz luckily they we're able to have Nathan Valdi start the game. Obviously, Chris Sale is going to start game one against the Rays. Is Will they have enough to uh, compete with the Rays in a division series? I think offensively, yes. Uh, it's all going to come down to the pitching, and they need people to go farther than four and a third innings as a starter because uh, the Rays may have that whole opener thing down, but the Sox don't, and they their their pitching staff is not structured to do it like that. So <laughs> if they have to have five to six innings of relief work every game, even if they do get by the Rays, they will not get by whoever they face in the ALCS. So hopefully we can get some lengthy starts out of these guys. Um, I want to be negative, but I haven't seen it yet this year. I'm not holding my breath, but, <laughs> you know. Hopefully, I also didn't know if they'd be here or not, and here they are. So, True. you know, they're they're our team, and I know we're both going to support them and and cheer for them. But we're also going to be realistic, uh, and that's that's the beauty of the last twenty years as a Sox fan. Uh, we got we got some some good moments as well as some disappointing moments, so we can kind of balance that out without it being the huge deal it used to be. But uh, the other wild card game, the uh, St. Louis Cardinals against the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, the, the team with a trillion-dollar payroll, somehow only secured a wild card. Um, man, wouldn't it? I mean, I know they won last year, but 
you know this team wants to win, being the Dodgers. They want to win one with a full regular season, fans in the stands. I don't put an asterisk on it because they won the World Series under the same rules as everybody else. Right. So I don't I don't put an asterisk on it personally, but a lot of people do. And you wonder if some of those players do. And it was a shortened season. Sure, you can do it with 60 games. With 162, can you still do it? And they've had some injuries and some inconsistent play. Uh, that being said, they were still outstanding record-wise. Uh, but you almost wonder if they had better team chemistry as opposed to more stars, if they would have won maybe an MLB record number of games. Who knows? Uh, but all that being said, and all the talent and all the money that goes into the Dodgers, I like the Cardinals in this game. The Cardinals are the hottest team in baseball. And they have a, you know, just a big history, a long history of success in big games. And the Dodgers, with the exception of a few seasons, have, in recent years, more of a history of finding a way to choke than get the job done. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens tonight. As we record, it's about 5 p.m. Eastern time. The game starts at 8 o'clock, I believe. So uh, by the time this is out, and you all are hopefully listening to it, it'll be just about game time. So we, we, we shall see. But uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on that one, Ben? Do you think the Dodgers pull it out or the Cardinals upset them? Well, I, I think the the odds anchors are probably leaning towards the Dodgers. Um, but Understandably. I, I would think the Dodgers would win. My, my interest is not exactly on the game. It's if the Dodgers lose this game, what is the aftermath? Um as we pointed out earlier, uh, before we started, the Padres ejected their uh, manager uh, after a subpar season. And subpar, I mean, they were 500, but they were had aspirations for playoffs, so they ejected their um, manager. What the interesting thing was, what's going to happen if off of a World Series win? And they come back with even more because they traded for Scherzer and Trey Turner in season. And if they don't produce another World Series, is there enough? Is there enough carryover from that World Series to hold over uh, the managing team and and some of the players to the following to the next season? I think that's the storyline I would look at. Is who's going to get the blame, especially with a team that. You know, the only reason why they win division is because the Giants had such a run early in the season, midseason, that they just ran up wins left and right, and Dodgers can never really catch up to them. Albeit, if the Dodgers were any other division, they would probably win their division. Um, I just – I find it interesting what would happen if they just crumbled under the – the pressure in in a in a wild card game against the Cardinals, who, on paper, the Cardinals should lose. But Chris, as we've heard before, that's why they play the game. Yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think Dave Roberts' job is in any jeopardy if they end up losing this game tonight. I know what you're saying, but they won 106 games. That's second best record in all of baseball. And to what you said about them possibly winning any other division, they absolutely would have won any other division the only other team that was close was the Rays with 100 wins I think after that it looks like it was the uh, Astros uh Astros and Brewers 
with 95 wins each. So they had 11 more wins than, and then two other division winners. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's more about, Hey, the giants didn't go on this huge spending spree. They just put together a really, really good team and right. they won all these games, uh, much like the, uh, the Mariners did in the early two thousands, although they didn't get anywhere with it. They lost in the first round, but they won the 116 games and Dodgers brass is going to kind of start looking at each other. Like we're spending all this money and, it's really not doing us any good, which goes back to our conversation, I believe, last week when we were saying money and throwing stars at the situation does not always create team chemistry, which is a perfect segue to tie into what you said about the, uh, the Padres having to fire their manager today because this team brought in a lot of stars. They traded for a lot of talent because they had a above-average season last year. They signed Tatis Jr. to the, to the extension, which is great. They should have. Uh, and they brought in a bunch of other pitchers and, and, and some, some good bats, and they they didn't do nearly what they thought they were going to do. The chemistry wasn't there. You had uh, Machado and Tatis Jr. arguing in front of the whole team on the bench. Yep. There's a lot of discontent there. Um, so what they need to do is find someone who can be, you know, it's gonna, I'm going to sound like a homer here. Say what you want about him, but find someone like an Alex Cora. Those players love Alex Cora. Those players play for Alex Cora. He gets the best out of those players. And they need someone like that, like a Dusty Baker did for the Astros. That was a team with a lot of discontent and a lot of anger. Uh, somehow they're angry about people being mad about what they did, but that's a different story. Um, yeah, you know, But he calmed them down enough, stop writing your mouth at the media, get on the field and play. And he was a calming presence, and it worked. When you have big personalities like a Machado, like a Tatis Jr., you need that. You need. You can't have somebody passive. I don't know much about the Jace Tingler, the guy who or Tingler, whatever his name is, who they just fired. Uh, but they need someone in there with a calming presence who can get the best out of those guys, and, and but also not be afraid to to put them in their place if they get out of line with anything, to the media, uh, the opposing fans, uh, each other. And in, in, in the uh, dugout, focus on the game, just the game when you're on the field. That's all you got to worry about. Um, that's how you get good team chemistry. That's how you get everybody going in the same direction. Uh, so uh, I think perfect example of three, <laughs> three different teams we just mentioned, the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Giants. The Giants built a really good team, had some good players already. Got some good, you know, maybe some maybe some key free agents, uh, some good, I guess, setup guys or role players, if you want to say. Good farm system. Got some good guys develop. Dodgers pretty much paid for most of their players. And then you had the Padres who kind of wanted to do the best of both roads, and they couldn't balance it, and now they're looking for a new manager. So, yeah, that's all I really have to say on that topic, but it kind of it just, just was a perfect example. If we just waited a week to have that conversation, it would have been right there in our lap. It would have been right there in our lap. But we tried to explain it without without a recent <laughs> example. But, I mean, it, team chemistry is not something you, you can't buy it. You can't make it happen. It's got to happen. It, like, I, don't, I don't know. We're going, we're going back yeah. to those pages. Sorry, one, 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 I'm going to cut you off there. Sure, but, sure. As a Patriots fan, I'm realistic in the fact that every single time they won the Super Bowl, they did not have the most talent on the field. They had the best team that worked 
uh, effectively together. That's how they won. That's how any team wins. So that's what some of these major league baseball teams just, just keep throwing checks that people have to do. Maybe the guy for $30 million a year isn't the answer. He'll sell jerseys, but he ain't going to win games. Go out and get four or five guys with that same amount of money who are going to be good clubhouse leaders. I think I think if you look at it, Chris, um, you may have a situation, if you're the Padres, if Tito Francona comes available, because you know Cleveland at this point is is not where they were two, three, four years ago. If he comes available and he's healthy enough to manage, he's someone that could possibly come in and be that calming presence and also keep people in check. Again, if his health um, is up to par and, and he can manage it. He'd be perfect. They'd be perfect to, to take a young team with some talent and a uh, mixture of different levels of talent and maybe make something happen, especially in a division where, you know, you, you don't know if the Giants are going to translate each year. You don't know if the, the Rockies are going to continue to be the Rockies. Same with Diamondbacks. Well, we know the Dodgers are probably going to spend enough money to be uh, a factor in that division. So you almost have to look at it and push push more with a, a manager that has some gravitas, has some force behind him that can actually motivate and put these people in the right position to succeed. You know, nothing against uh, – um, the manager that was just got fired, Jace, uh, but you know he he had a team that was expected to do really good things this year, and he, I guess in in their eyes, he just didn't live up to the expectations of what they wanted this year. With especially that clock is ticking on Machado. I think we're a year, either this off season or one more year of before he gets his opt-out start where he can just say, yep, yeah, I'm done. I want to go. I want to, I want to cash in again and get that, you know, mega deal again. And that's something they have to, they have to be very aware of because as good as Tatis Jr. is, you, you do need that compliment of Machado or that comparable big bat in that lineup. to make sure that teams don't pitch around Tatis Jr. So that yep. way he's not, he doesn't become, a non-factor in your uh, batting order. So that's that's my opinion on the Padres. And, and you know, hopefully they can figure it out because I think they've they've built that structure of what they want and, yeah. and what, what what winning could be. It's just adding that, that manager that can push them in the right direction and just putting those little pieces there and there to make sure it's not – what the Dodgers have become or what the Phillies became at one point in the late 2010s or the Yankees, or even at one point when the Red Sox were just trying to throw money at everyone, you just need to continue to build the pieces here, here and put them all together. And then you do need a little luck. I'm not going to lie. You do need a little luck and you need to put yourself in a position like the Red Sox and the Yankees who were able to pull it off. And, you know, 
the Blue Jays weren't as lucky. They they finished one game out. So it's just sometimes it's just a matter of one game, and, and that's yeah. why that's why you have to take every game seriously, and and you got to put yourself in the best position each and every game. And I think someone like Tito could up the percentages of putting players, whether it's pitchers or or, or position players, in the best position to succeed. Well, we go from talking about good coaches who can help create team chemistry and lead their team to a, a solidarity on the field and, and, and a winning uh, winning atmosphere. And then we go to Urban Meyer. So kind of a opposite there. And not college Urban Meyer. Uh, oh. We're talking about Jacksonville Jaguars head coach for, for now, Urban Meyer. Uh, this is a, an odd story. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. Uh, so apparently, after Thursday night's loss to the Bengals, where people were pretty impressed with the Jaguars, at least Trevor Lawrence, looked good. It was fun. It was a fun game to watch. Uh, the Jaguars had a nice lead, and they, they blew it, but they're a young, developing team that will probably be good in a few years before the ownership tears them apart again. Um, but apparently Urban Meyer, who has this young team who doesn't know him all that well, who he's still trying to build a rapport with, uh, who has just suffered another loss on prime time, uh, where they had a lead another game, much like the week before the Cardinals where they had a lead. Uh, they, they, they blew it, which happens best of teams happens to the best of teams and the worst of teams. So that's not condemnation. That's just something that happens. So what does Urban Meyer do? Decides to skip the team flight home to spend time with family. I'm not as hard on him as some people have been for that. You have your your idiots out there who are like, he's a football coach. He needs to forget about spending time with his family and be with his players. All right, well, have fun being alone and angry your whole life. Uh, my problem with that isn't that he decided to spend time with family. My problem is he was apparently at a bar, which I, I believe I, I read that he's the owner of. Right. Um, somewhere in, in, in Ohio, because he used to coach Ohio State. I believe, right? That was, that was him. Yep. Yeah. Coach Ohio State. Has some uh, watering holes there in the area. <laughs> and um, apparently, instead of spending time with his family, uh, was getting pretty cozy with the woman who was dancing with him, who was not his wife who uh, looked like she was young enough to probably be one of his daughters, uh, which, you know, whatever. People are of age of consent. Whatever age is their business. I'm not here to judge that. Uh, it's just you leave your team to say you're spending time with your family, and instead you're getting frisky in a bar with somebody who's probably barely old enough to be in there drinking. Uh, is this, like, a complete lack of self-awareness with this guy? Like, has he always been this much of a D-bag, or is this a new thing? Like, So all the issues he's had in college are questions of people that he's brought in, whether it's players or coaches, and, and that's alluded or, or been a factor in him leaving, whether it be uh, Florida or Ohio State. Um It's, he does 
here's the thing about college coaches the really good ones just there they are the program they are like when you think chris i'm gonna say a a college football team what's the first thing that comes to your mind alabama bear bryant bear bryant perfect or or the other option would be oh nick saban obviously currently yeah um but it's just sometimes you have to have that presence to be to attract the talent to be successful and the problem is to, to make that adjustment to the to pros, uh, you can't be that. You can't be the end all be all. You have to be a piece of the pie, I think, and, and not be the end all be all. And I think he just he because apparently he had uh, Chris he did not have Jacksonville Jaguar apparel on he had supposedly Ohio State Buckeye apparel on which he <laughs> no longer works for he worked you know, for them but he no longer works for them but hey, whatever you, do what you want but uh well I used, I used to work for Coke I could go into a store and buy a Pepsi I mean I know I'm not I'm not nearly the high profile guy Meyer is but I right. mean like. I could understand if he was wearing a, 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 a New York Jets hoodie. Number one, that would be right. terrible taste. And two, it's a different team. But, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think the point I'm trying to get to, Chris, is he's used to this protection around him. Oh, because um, he's untouchable in the college world is what you're – Right. Okay, and, I got you. And, right. and he gets to the pros and, and someone sees him doing something inappropriate and they may know – because like you said, he was in Ohio, so you know everyone knows him, and, right? And they see him grinding, and supposedly his hand was in places that it probably shouldn't be. Um, and now he's got a picture, a video, and he's all splattered all over the news. He apologized, but. I heard, uh, you know, I heard the press conference and, and I heard the words that he was told to his team. And he actually went into a little more detail than, than one would expect. But um, there's a couple of factors uh, that come into play. First off, he supposedly did not talk to his team at once. He talked to positions. Mm-hmm. The room. This is rumor. This is conjecture. I'm not 100. I don't have sources. I heard, obviously, I listen to Sport Talk Radio. I listen to a bunch of stuff. So I've heard that he did not talk to each uh, team, did not talk to the entire team. He just talked to each position separately. So he talked to the defensive backs. He talks to the linebackers. Reason behind that, who knows? Maybe he didn't feel comfortable doing it. He's probably embarrassed is the biggest factor. Probably. I, I just think I look at this because we know what I said about it his timeline in, in Jacksonville. I didn't think it was going to last two years. You thought it was going to last a little bit, just a little bit longer than Matt Nagy. Right. But <laughs> I also thought it was going to be football related. And, yeah. and, and to be clear, there are some red flags leading up to last, you know, this, this week's game of, of him maybe just not being able to find his way in the pros because he's winless He's not used to being winless. He's used to being on top. 
So you could see some animation from him that maybe he's not used to having. Like he was animated in college, but not, you know, I'm 0-3 or I'm 0-2 and I'm getting my ass kicked. It was usually he's, you know, it's a tight game and he's playing Michigan. He's playing Clemson. He's playing these high profile games. So, you know, he's used to kind of that situation, not, oh my God, my team sucks. I can't do anything right. And we're not making any progress. He's not used to that. And I think that was going to be the downfall, but clearly I think it has spilled over to his personal life where he has, his judgment is lacking. He's incapable of, yeah. of, of, I think part of this situation is, is legit that he, he did go to see his family because apparently he went to see his grandkids, but he was quote unquote by him pulled into this situation that he should have not put himself into. You know, yeah. And I'm not here to play the morality police. People do stupid things for all sorts of different reasons. Um, I don't know the situation. I don't know. He is a married man. I don't know what the situation is with him and his wife. Some, I, I've known couples in the past. Obviously I'm not going to name names. Who- I can tell you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, well, I can, I can, well, no, I can, I can legit well, tell you. I, I was listening to um, one of the radio stations, and they were they brought this up, and they brought up his wife's Instagram page, and his wife changed her last name on her Instagram page. Oh, and I guess someone posted something about his husband, her husband, and every, you know, every comment that was negative toward her husband that. Uh, she would like every one of them. Okay. So I well, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be uh, some uh, rec- reconciliation. Okay. Just, not to cut you off, Chris. No, 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 no. I, I, give me a little I, that, more facts. That makes my statement a lot quicker because, like I said, I'm not trying to justify. Obviously, this is a situation where there was not something in place because I've known people in the past who uh, were religious. And they were unhappy in a marriage, but they wouldn't get a divorce for religious reasons. So both sides, instead of getting a divorce, just kind of had an agreement. They were going to do their own thing, and they weren't going to get a divorce, and that was that. I didn't know if it was a situation like that. So I'm not trying to be the morality police here. I'm just kind of saying how stupid it is that when, like, it's just a lack of self-awareness, almost like entitlement. entitlement. Like you said, he was used to being untouchable as an Ohio State Buckeye. Could do no wrong because he was leading them to you know a lot of wins every year, if not a championship. And now he's bottom of the barrel in the NFL. And who knows where that goes. I personally agree with you. I don't think he's going very far as a head coach. But who knows? Time will tell. The beautiful part is he'll have the opportunity, if he doesn't keep doing stupid shit, to <laughs> prove everybody wrong and get the job done. Uh, but I just think it's really dumb – you know, the biggest problem is he's wearing a different, uh, his college hoodie or a, co- a, a college uh, shirt of his old college team he coached and he wasn't with his team. It's like, all right, this is a guy who's like out there grinding on some 24 year old or however old this little girl was with his wife, who apparently is not okay with this, sitting at home when he skipped out on his duties for his job. Uh, to go to a bar he owns and lied about that. And then, you know, it's obviously not being honest with his family. Like, 
this is a character issue more than a morality issue. Like I'm not like I said, I've known good people who've done really, really stupid things. I'm not here to judge anybody on that. But it goes to show this guy just is completely clueless when it comes to like the real world. He's been in this bubble so long, he can just do whatever he wants. He's like he was probably genuinely surprised when people got upset with him. Like, you did what? You skipped out on your team and you're grinding on some twenty something in a bar? Yeah, so? Irvin, you can't do that. Oh, why? Like, uh, probably, probably, based on how I've heard this guy talk, that's probably how the conversation went. It's possible. Um, but, I mean, it's 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 more just like people are upset he wasn't there for the team. And it's like this is a little bit of a deeper character and self-awareness issue to me, but that's kind of my – especially in this day and age when everyone is so sensitive – the biggest problem is he's wearing a different team's hoodie. Like, there's a other, other stuff to pick apart here, people. Yeah. And I'm not an overly sensitive person at all. I've been actually often accused of not being sensitive and, and, and understanding enough at times. Um, But this is like, you embarrass the hell out of your wife, who clearly is, is not a situation where she's okay with you doing this. And your biggest thing is, I hope this team owner, who I've known for two months, isn't mad at me anymore. The hell, dude. Get your head out of your ass. And it's interesting that he has to... Um, the comments from the owner, he has to regain the team's trust and respect. And, boy, that that's... That's a tall hill to climb, to be honest. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Uh, those players have to believe in you, and and I don't know. They uh, it it'll be interesting over the next two to three weeks how the team responds, um, because it's hard to tell right now with the team because they're not great. They're defensively not great. They have offensive pieces, but they're not consistent yet. So it. Over the next month and month and a half, it's is you should see progress. Or so is that progress not happening because a, they're just not naturally making that progress because they're still uh, trying to find their operating system in their in his uh, offense or defensive plans, or is it they just don't trust him? They don't want to work for him. They don't want him around. And quite honestly, if I'm players in that organization. And I go through the next week, two weeks, and I just get this feeling of, I don't believe in this guy. Then you have to make your voice heard to the owner. Because if, if, if you don't make it, make it really clear that he is not the answer and you're a guy, I'll say 25 down on the, on the list, you're going to be the one on the street because – they're going to try to find someone to replace you instead of vice versa. Whereas right. if it was Trevor, right. if it was if it was Trevor Lawrence, and he's like, yeah, I can't play for this guy. I mean, it, he'll be he'll be on the next plate uh, flight to Ohio, clearly. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's happy hour. <laughs> I, I I just. Oh, I'm gonna make we, this easy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this easy on you before you move before you move on to our next topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to ask you a time this year or how many games he's going to get or if he has how long his leash is. Is Urban Meyer the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars week one 
next season. No. I don't think so either. All right. Well, we got two guys who probably are pretty safe as head coaches right now up next. Who Apparently, at least John Harbaugh thought they were on good terms. Uh, but Vic Fangio of the Broncos uh, is super butthurt uh, that the Ravens ran on the last play of the game. Uh, they were they had 97 rushing yards, and they had had a chance to tie an NFL record set by the Pittsburgh Steelers for uh, 43 straight games with 100 rushing yards or more. They needed three yards, three yards, and they didn't think they were going to get the ball back. Got the ball back with three seconds and decided to run Lamar on a little little sweep. Picked up like five yards, got the 100 yards. Uh, and Vic Fangio was all bent out of shape. Uh, called the move, quote, bullshit. And then added that he expects that from them, though. He expects that. Uh, he from expects them. that from them. He also that's claimed, a statement. Quote: He, uh, I know how they operate. Player safety comes second. <laughs> so Harbaugh said, <laughs> "Quote: You're throwing the ball in the end zone with ten seconds left. I don't know that there's a sixteen point touchdown that's going to be that's going to be possible right there. So that didn't have anything to do with winning the game." What's meaning? What's meaningful to us might not be meaningful to them, and we're not going to concern ourselves with that. In other words, it ain't about player safety. It's about you're being butthurt and you got, didn't, you know, your ego got damaged because you lost. Uh, you were throwing the ball a hail mary in the end zone with with ten seconds left, down by sixteen. If you were that concerned with player safety, you could have taken a knee and just ended the game. You knew it was over anyways. And Harbaugh's a hundred percent right here, by the way. Right. I'm completely on Harbaugh's side. Vic Fangio's team is three and one. They've looked good. They played crap teams, and then they play a good team, and they look like they got they got embarrassed. They got beat up really good. The Ravens punched them in the mouth, like the Ravens have punched pretty much everyone they played in the mouth this year. Uh, even if they don't win or beat them, they are letting you know you played a football game. The Ravens are a hard hitting team. That's how Harbaugh coaches. Didn't they uh, lose Teddy too? They, they did lose Teddy during that game to a concussion. Uh, hopefully he'll be okay and be back soon. Uh, but that team would definitely. Teddy's absolutely the starter for as long as he's healthy on that team because that team looked like garbage with Drew Locke in there. And Teddy just – it's a whole different thing when he's in there. So the um, concerns the concerns for Mick, uh, Vic Fangio should be the health of his quarterback, not three yards and a cloud of dust at the end of the game yeah. by the Baltimore Ravens. But you're right, Chris. Like, if if – we're going to go with what Vic Fangio says as law, that you shouldn't do that. Well, <laughs> then the Patriots should have just need the ball at the end of the game this past week because there was no way they were going to be able to uh, get enough points to, uh, to overcome their deficit. And then every other game. There's, it's, it's, a, it's a logical fallacy by him to, to, to say, oh, well, that's, that's – bullshit and that we you shouldn't do that it's like they they ran what five yards and then that's it yeah so and what was essentially a practice play i mean and here's the thing i don't it doesn't bother me it wouldn't bother me if it was against the patriots i wouldn't i wouldn't even i don't care and broncos players by the way were saying the same thing if we had done our job earlier in the game this wouldn't even be an issue right now and they're 100% right. Fangio's focused on the wrong thing here. And, and and your point is correct. They're three and one. He should be focused on 
moving ahead to the next game, getting ready for that game. Yep. Because they have success and they're in a competition in a division that is going to be probably one of the toughest ones to come out of. And three and one, two, three teams are three and one. That is going to, and shockingly, the fourth team in that division is the Kansas City Chiefs. And they're not going to go anywhere. They're no. going to be right right there, tit for tat, till the end of the season. Yep. If Vic Fangio is going to be worried about, like Vic, Vic has to, like you said, he's going to have to worry about the quarterback because clearly Drew Locke's not the answer. And if Teddy B doesn't come back, then they're going to have some major issues because you drop two, two, three games without Teddy, you could kiss your hopes goodbye of, of not only being the division winner, but being a wild card contender because other divisions are going to have, this is, this is a tough AFC. Yes. And there are a lot of good teams, two divisions with three teams with three wins each. As of right now, that's that's saying something. That's going to make this this playoff hunt at the end of the season going to be really tight. And he's going to have to he needs to refocus because he hasn't had great success in in Denver. No, and the one chance he is, he's worried about a five yard run. And and would people be jumping down the throat of Harbaugh if? On that play, Lamar got hurt. Absolutely. Sure. But it didn't happen. So we move on. If he does it again and it and he gets injured, great. He'll get be called to the mat. That's not for Vic Fangio to worry about. Vic needs to worry about his his starting quarterback. And, and to Harbaugh's credit, he took the high road. He said, you know what, we've we've known each other for a long time. We had a nice conversation before the game. I thought we were cool. And then, you know, he comes out like this and Harbaugh took 100% of the blame, like any good coach will do. And he said, that was 100% my call. I, I decided we were going to – I wanted the team to be able to go for the record. It's a team record. It's something that meant a lot to the team. We didn't think we were going to get the ball back. We got it back with three seconds. And uh, these aren't quotes. I'm paraphrasing. Right. And we decided I, – I decided we were going to run it. And we did. And we got it. And, you know, I don't think what people understand here, people who are going to be critical of, of, of Harbaugh, uh, is – Look, even though the Ravens won, losing a record like that can, I don't know, can have a weird impact on like like team confidence. Like, oh man, we won, we beat them, but we lost that record. And it's it's like, why put yourself in that spot? You got Lamar. You knew you were probably going to be able to get it. Go get mm-hmm. that three or four yards. Give your team another boost on top of leaving an undefeated team. Regardless of the fact that all the teams that Denver beat before that were 0-9 combined, regardless of that, uh, they, they were still undefeated. They still only played around their schedule, and they did, and they won. So I don't fault them for that. But you go in, you keep the record. Now you can break it next week. You win against an undefeated team. It's just more momentum. It's more momentum over and over and over. And it's another... You know, it's another rushing record that's going to be attached to Lamar and this Ravens team. And, and that does things for confidence. Teams can come out and say all they want. They don't care about those things, but they do. And I like the fact that Harbaugh was like, yeah, this was something my players enjoyed. This is something that mattered to them. So I want to make sure we could get it if we could. 
And just one more thing before we move on to some rather surprising releases the last couple of days, or at least one. I just want to congratulate Coach Harbaugh. I, I really do. Uh, because I've, I've honestly, even as a Patriots fan, I have a lot of admiration and respect for Harbaugh. I like the way he coaches. I like the way he's no nonsense. It reminds me a lot of Belichick. Uh, and if they're actually, if I could choose, if Belichick were to retire and you said you could have one other coach to coach your team, I think I'd probably choose Harbaugh, to be honest with you. Uh, two, just congratulations, because when you begin to be irrationally hated on for no good reason, that means you've made it. Uh, it means you're in the upper echelon. That means you're up there with guys like Andy Reid and, and, and uh, and was that Sean Payton, Sean Payton, uh, obviously Belichick, uh, you know, you're at your <laughs> top, top of the top, your top of the food chain. When everything you do is dissected and criticized for irrational reasons, you made it. So hats off coach Arbaugh. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. You know, you're five and oh at Michigan and, uh, Oh wait, not that one, right? Uh, no, yeah. but I mean, you can talk about that for a few minutes if you want. I know <laughs> no, you're pretty no, no, excited no, no, about no. that. I so. am excited. Five and zero, Michigan Wolverines ninth, ninth in the in the standings. So good job, guys. I do want to point out one thing for the Denver Broncos: a little reality check for them. The last seven games of the season, they have. Uh, five AFC West opponents, uh, twice the Chargers, twice the Chiefs. Jesus. They better collect their their wins now wow, while that's... they can get them because um, if, if they don't get Teddy Bridgewater back and they don't have a consistent offensive flow, it's going to get real ugly around week 11 or 12. It's just going to start a downhill slide. And he may not lose his job during the season, but if he starts off, you know, five and one, six and one, and then just doesn't make the playoffs, I think that he's going to be finding himself out of a job and someone else is going to roll in there that probably deserves it more and um, can actually take that team to the next level that, that they need to overcome the Chargers, well, the Chiefs. I yeah, I, I don't think if that happens, he's going to be going to Baltimore's coaching staff. So I think Derek Price no. safe there. Uh, all right, a couple other news and notes. Uh, Cowboys surprisingly yesterday released linebacker Jalen Smith. Uh, they just signed him to an extension, I believe. I think he was the guy. They signed yeah. him to a few years ago. They drafted him in 2016, gave him an extension, uh, and then. Cut him. I mean, of all the places this team could have saved money, I I, I don't know if this is really it, but hey, he's he's a free agent now. He can go wherever he wants, and I don't think he's going to be on the market for very long, personally. Uh, and then today, uh, we came out this woke up to the news that the Patriots had decided to cut cornerback Stephon Gilmore. Uh, however, it has come to pass now that they have traded him to the. Uh, Carolina Panthers for a 2023 sixth round pick. So I don't know, man. The Gilmore thing doesn't really surprise me all that much. Truthfully, 
Um, I know maybe other people around the country, but like living in New England and like knowing the happenings around the team, not like personally, I don't know anybody on the team, but just knowing all the ins and outs that, you know, a fan can possibly know about the team. Not really all that shocked. Uh, I think if they were three and one instead of one and three, I think they would have tried to get him another year or two extension. Uh, from what I hear, he wanted a long-term deal, and they were willing to negotiate that if he was willing to, I guess, provide them evidence that he was healthy. For whatever reason, he did not want to share that information. Right. And so they're like, well, we can't pay you long-term if we don't know you're going to be good long-term. And that apparently was too much of a riff to get over, so uh, they decided pretty amicably. I mean, I haven't heard... Gilmore has always been a pretty classy dude, so I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to go out there and, and and be an Asante Samuel or anything. Um, but I mean, it's disappointing. He made some great plays, some great memories. He posted a real nice thank you letter to Patriots fans and ownership and everything, and you know, went out with his head held high. So it's unfortunate nothing could get done, but um, you know, not not all that surprising when you know the business how the Patriots handle things. Uh, they just don't pay players they're not sure are going to be there long term they, they can't like that's why they let brady go <laughs> it's, it's how it goes i mean well they didn't release him they free agent but right same difference they weren't going to pay him all that money when he'd had diminishing skills you know diminishing returns each season and he's going into age 43 yeah gilmore who yeah he was defensive player of the year two years ago but he missed a lot of last season with a bad injury didn't want to prove he was healthy and still wanted a long-term contract and kind of wanted to cry of a river. Like I'm underpaid. Well, weren't really underpaid, dude. He had a front loaded contract. He made a lot of that money at, at signing. Right. So <laughs> if you used it or you spent it and you wanted more, it's not really the team's fault. I also don't fault you for seeing guys in your same position, making 20 million a year now going, if I just want defensive player of the year, I could probably get more somewhere else. So I'm really not mad at either side. I wish you could have worked it out. But, um, you know, move forward with who you have. Next man up. Yeah, and I think uh, part of this, Chris, is going to be J.C. Jackson and where they're going to go with him. Um, he obviously hasn't proven to be top-tier corner, but he has proven his ability, his ball skills. Um, but that was also with – Stefan Gilmore on the other side. So it's going to be interesting to see how the entire season unfolds for JC Jackson. Can he perform at that level and have that production of interceptions with, you know, name your other guy on the other side, Joe Juan Williams, Jalen Mills, Jonathan Jones. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. And then secondly, I think Bill, as Bill will do, he'll look ahead and look at that free agent class, maybe this offseason, next offseason. Um, what corner is going to become available that I can say on the day one of free agency, which is what he did with Stefan Gilmore, can I push this much money in front of him at a premium position, at a premium age, and try to convince him to come to New England? Because I think that's probably what he's doing. He's probably looking to see who he can nab in a year or two with that money he saved 
because he didn't want to pay Stefan Gilmore. Cause like you said, he couldn't prove that he was a hundred percent healthy and maybe JC Jackson isn't quite the answer to the test. And I don't think Joe Juan, although we don't know, and Jalen Mills is, he's really a safety sort of a corner and he's not really going to be that, that guy that you're going to put on that side of the field and shut down the number one. So I just think that a lot of those came into play. Look, it's, it's a resource allocation game and, and Bill is going to put the money where he thinks it needs to be. And yeah, hundred percent. And if he thinks that his offensive line in the next year or two is going to need a little readjusting, uh, and he's going to spend money in it, then he might need to do that. And he's going to need to save money from the cornerback position to pay that. Because the, the right now, the, the most premium important position on the New England Patriots is the quarterback, Mac Jones. And right now he is getting tagged yeah. multiple times a game. Uh, without Trent Brown there and they need him back. They need him back bad. Yeah, they do. Um I I I'm glad they got something. Uh sixth round. Okay, but they got something. It was better than what I heard earlier in the day where they just straight up released him because yeah. We we talked about it and I'm sure they talked about it all over the place. It's like, oh, where's he gonna go? Kansas City, uh Tampa Bay. Uh, but no, he goes to Carolina, which actually is a good situation for him. It's a really good situation. And I, and you know, and, and here's the plus for Sam Darnold. He doesn't have to worry about Stefan Gilmore intercepting any of his balls. <laughs> yeah. Well, only in practice. He's going to have flashbacks. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to move on, uh, mm-hmm. to the Bucks and Pats game real quick. We're not going to dwell on it. Um, uh, it, we said a lot last week about it. Uh, I thought it was a great game. Obviously, I was hoping for the uh, opposite outcome. I wanted my guys to come through. Uh, but they well-played game. It was great. I think it was the right call. I don't care that all these, quote, pundits, who are usually just idiots with more of a following than we have, um, think that Belichick should have gone for it on fourth down. No, you don't. You just want to criticize whatever he did. Had he gone for it on fourth down and missed it, you would have said, you have a kicker who's made 42 straight field goals. How did you not go for a field goal? You didn't believe in your kicker? You should have done that instead. People are always going to complain about the opposite. I have no problem with the call. You had bad weather. You had a rookie quarterback. You had a huge situation. And you had a chance to win one of the more important, at least from an emotion standpoint, regular season games. In recent memory, go for it. Look, Nick Folk, I didn't expect much when he came in. The guy's been exceptional over the past two years for the Patriots. 100%. I was wrong. I thought he was going to come in and just be the next guy out. He's been great. Guy has a bad plant leg in, 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 in rainy, crappy conditions and kicks a 56-yarder that missed by about a foot. Like... What do you do? You win some, you lose some. The team played great. Mac Jones was awesome, even in the face of uh, a lot of pressure and a, and a very unfortunate meme that's come out of that game. Um, <laughs> did you see that one? 
No, I didn't. Oh, I'll send it to you later. It's he just looks terrified. He, like he's like, it has to be like after a throw, like the way his hand is. But it, it, it looks literally like he's just holding his hands. I'm like, no, God, don't hit me. Um, which considering how many times that guy gets hit every game, I wouldn't even fault him for. Uh, but that kid, it's. I think it was good for everybody involved. You had a great football game between two damn fine, two well-coached teams. The Bucks talent-wise are obviously better than the Pats right now, on paper at least. Uh, I don't really know if the Patriots are as good as they played Sunday or if they really got up for this game. Time will tell. But, look, Mac Jones looked great. He's only going to get better. You got closure with the whole Brady-Belichick situation. The fans got to see Brady again. And now... After playing a good game and having some positive vibes and some positivity come out of it, he gets to move forward with his team, and now we get to move forward with our new guy, and now we're good. Like, I don't know. It was very, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but I felt like after the game was over, I was like, I was upset they lost, but it was like, all right, well, now we can move on. I don't know. I don't feel like there's that thing hanging overhead anymore. We're like, oh, we let Brady walk. I mean, people are still going to complain because they're stupid. But, like, everyone did what was best for them. And both teams are going to be okay. Everyone involved is going to be fine. Like, now we can let it go and just watch football again. Yeah, because realistically, Chris, we wouldn't see Tom and the Bucks unless it's the Super Bowl. And, and I don't think this team is situated right now to make a run. Now they could, but I don't think they are. Probably not. Yeah, and, I agree. And, Probably and, not. Right. And when they are, I can't even make that statement because Tom thinks he's going to play dope 50 now. So when they are, we'll cross that bridge. We'll see yeah. where Tom is at because I am, I will not question when Tom is going to retire. He will retire when he decides to. I learned my lesson bet against that guy. That's for sure. Uh, someone else needs to learn his lesson because he's still, you know, banging that drum. Who? Cliff Kellerman. Oh, who cares about him? <laughs> who cares? But, but as, as literally, who cares? Game, <laughs> nobody. Yeah. He actually, and he actually isn't on uh, first take anymore. If you uh, yeah heard the news, he's he's gone. That makes that show half less untoler- uh, un- unbearable. Uh, but at the the game afterwards. I thought about, you know, if we had James White, there would have been a percentage chance increase that they would have gone for it. But even then, I still don't think they would have gone for it. And I still think they made the right decision mm-hmm. just because Mac is a rookie. You're still building consistency with the receivers. John o. Smith, albeit had a good game, so did Hunter Henry. Johnu Smith is, is has a, a nagging injury. I think it's a shoulder or a knee. I'm not 100% sure. Um, it's And it's just not enough continuity in this offense to say, okay, fourth and three, tight game. Let's go out and do it. If it was Tom, there'd be, there'd be no question. Tom's going to go out there and, and, and perform. But I think but, it's the right move. And it was, yeah. like you said, a foot. It didn't even, like, miss – the, it, it, it got a doink off the crossbar. But it was far enough to make it if he had a foot for the oh, absolutely. So. Absolutely. So, God. 
And I the dude that ho- made 42 straight kicks. Like, right? how do you not roll with him in that situation? I was optimistic about what I saw collectively throughout the game. Yeah. I thought the defense played above. I think Tom was a little hyped up, which made him miss some throws. I think no Gronk played a huge factor because uh, Cameron Brate clearly isn't what Gronk is at his peak. But it proves that the Patriots are going to be good. The Patriots are going to have a good offense and they're going to be consistent. Uh, it's just a matter of can they get the receivers consistent? Can they build that continuity with John O. Smith, Hunter Henry, and, and Mac Jones? And can they figure out the running back room? Because that's the biggest X factor. Without James White, there's no outlet to dump off and, and get no. you Bolden's three not or four yards. Yeah. No. So, you know, Harris, Ramondre Stevens, JT Taylor, they're gonna need to they're gonna need to figure it out. Or, I still have I still have a lot of faith in, in Ramondre Stevens. He just wasn't active, right. he wasn't healthy this game. So he, he's a, he's a rookie. Yeah. He's a rookie. So uh, he has opportunity. I think Damian Harris has got to be the guy, and he's got to be more than more than what we expected him because he now has to shoulder a lot. And honestly, unless they go dumpster diving on the free agent wire, which there ain't going to be much, this is what you're going to have to roll with. Because we talked about Brandon Bolden um, after the game. He played good. He played a a very solid game. Yep. He blocked, he caught passes, he ran a little bit. The problem with Brandon Bolden is that he has a very, very short ceiling. And what you saw this weekend, if you watch the Pats and Bucks, that's about his ceiling. And that's just not enough at this point to help Mac Jones win the games. Look, I don't want them to go out and, and, and try to get anything unrealistic. Unless they can trade a couple of draft picks for a really good offensive lineman that's affordable down the road, maybe do that. Besides that, don't. There's a reason it's called developing. Like, there's no, you don't just plug in a new team and just be successful. Like, right. and and the people saying that Brady's had more success by himself than Belichick has without Brady. Okay, well let's play a role. Let's switch. Let's switch positions here. Okay, let's say Bill Belichick gets fired last year and goes down to coach. The iteration of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Obviously, it wouldn't be Brady. Right. It'd be, you know, whoever, Jameis, whoever else they brought in. He'd bring somebody else in. And Brady stayed here, and Arians coached whoever was on the Pats in that mess they had last year. Sorry. Bucks still win because they're going to be better coached. Right. There's a lot of talent on the team already. I just want to get that off my chest. Oh, it's fair. It's fair. Um, it's. Bill has to fi- Bill has to build the entire team. When Tom Brady smartly went to a, a situation where he's got this receiver, this yep. receiver, this tight end, this receiver, you know, a, a, a decent wa- uh, offensive of of line, draft picks coming in uh, for the offensive line that just to bolster it, a, a really attacking defense. And it, it was smart for Tom to go to that situation. But it's it's just not – it's an incorrect assessment to say, well, Tom had more success. 
Tom only has to worry about running the offense and, and operating the offense, which by the way, you talked about, and then Bill Belichick reinforced this the is same the same offense. offense. Yeah. This is the same <laughs> offense he's uh, running. I'll tell you this much. When when they were woo, first or second in goal, I liked it too. And Belichick let Mac Jones throw it on that play action to John New in the back of the end zone. That may not have been a long play, but so much can go wrong in that situation. That showed a lot of faith Belichick had in Mac Jones. And there was far more downfield passing attempts this game than there has been the previous three weeks. Every week, this kid's getting better. Do I think? I thought before the season there was a chance for a wild card. Seeing a lot of the talent around the league, I'm not so sure about that. But I am very optimistic about the future of this team. Okay, so let's play a little contender pretender real quick for a do banker tank and get out of here. Sure, sure, sure. I read this article on uh, Bleacher Report, which is you know very hit or miss, but it is seven teams that currently are are have winning records, and they you know, place contender or pretender tags on them. And I want to see what you think, if you agree. Uh, so I'm just going to go right ahead. The three and one Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I got to say, I got to say contender, man. Just clarification too. It's a very hit or like, cut and dry. Like it's not like, like you just said, there's not a whole lot of room for like either. Yes or no. If you say pretender, it doesn't necessarily mean you think they're bad. This right. might not be a team that can win it all this year. So, uh, I they said pretender. I don't agree with that. I agree I with you. I, th- I think they're a contender. I really do. They've got the pieces together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, they don't have T. Higgins right now, but he comes back. Jamar Chase. Hey, anyone who was talking shit about Jamar Chase in the yep. preseason, I'm sorry. Look at him now because mm-hmm. he's starting to perform. And that's, that's a kid that has crazy talent and it's just going to get better and better. Oh yeah. The only thing slowing him down, oddly enough, Chris is probably Joe Mixon. Possibly, but Joe Mixon, unfortunately for him, will probably get hurt anyways, relatively <laughs> soon because he's pretty injury prone. I'm not wishing it. Just saying that's how it goes. Um, okay. The three and one Denver Broncos. So if, if 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 Teddy B wasn't in injured with a concussion, I would I would absolutely say contender. But I'm gonna say pretender right now. Yeah, I'd have to say pretender. Also, uh, they didn't show enough against the one decent team they played to make me think otherwise. The three and one Las Vegas Raiders. Chris, I'm gonna say pretenders. They agreed, and I, I kind of do too. We've seen this from Derek Carr before, where he starts out hot and then he fades away. So I, I don't think John Gruden's coaching style fits this generation of players. Twenty years ago, it worked. I don't think it does now. Not like they're going to need to contend for a championship. I, I agree. Plus, they're in the wrong division. Yeah, they might get a wild card, but they're not. They're, they're not. They're not beating Kansas City in a game that matters. They're probably not even beating the, the Chargers at this point in a game that matters. So, 
All right. Now the three and one Chargers. Speaking of the devil. Oh, that's con- that's contenders. Yeah, I, I mean, all the way. Uh, <laughs> I really, not, I mean, yeah, I don't know. We don't know what to say about that one, but I one hundred percent agree. And I thought the one weak point they had was Austin Eckler, and he is. Yeah, yeah, he is showing me up one hundred fold. But they're using him the way they need to now. They're not trying to make him a twenty-five carry back. That's not what he is. Right? No, no, uh, no. he's more he of a Darren Sproles. Yes. Excellent comp, Chris. Excellent comp. And Darren Sproles, by the way, fantastic player. Not a knock. Just he's no oh, yeah, a guy yeah. who could carry it twenty-five times a game. Either he, you had to, you know, had to put him in in receiving positions and out of the backfield. And but the three and one Dallas Cowboys. It's gonna hurt, Chris. It's gonna really hurt. I gotta say, contenders. And that I, is, yeah, I they say pretender. I agree with you. I th- I don't know how they're a pretender right now. They have all and, the talent and all the positions. And and third factor division because I think that you when you when you look at these you have to look at division as contender pretender and I give Tyler Henneke all the credit but I don't know when the when the the clock's going to strike twelve and he's going to be what I think he's going to be and Eagles and the Giants are lost in the wilderness right now trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Yep. I, I just think looking at that, just just by that, it, it's default. It's a, a they are contenders. Just by if you if you just look at the records and the Cowboys and the rest of their division, you should just say by default they are contenders, and then all the points you make are on top of that. Say second to last here, the three and one Carolina Panthers. I gotta say, contender. Uh, we're gonna disagree there. I, I think they're good, and I think they're developing. I don't think they're gonna maintain the positive momentum from the first three games. Sam Darnold has to prove he has the mental toughness, and Christian McCaffrey has to stay healthy. And so that defense got annihilated by Dallas this week. Well. I just think they're building a defense uh, that are not a defense. I'm sorry. They're building an offense that is not hinging on Christian being there, but it does make it better when he's there. Um, I do think Chuba Hubbard is going to give them something that, you know, previous years they didn't have when Christian went down. But DJ Moore is proving that he is creeping up on the elite scale of wide receivers. Robbie Anderson, we respect him and, and his professionalism and the fact that he is a reliable receiver and he has a history with, with Sam Donald. And I, I think I mentioned them um, during our draft process, either earlier or later. Terrence Marshall Jr. out of LSU – played alongside uh, Jamar Chase at LSU, and they were a great tandem with uh, Joe Burrow. So you can't sleep on him. Um, I think there's a possibility that kid could push for rookie of the year on offense along with all the rest of them, and I think this would be a crowded field in that award. 
I just think they have a lot of talent. And the big, the big question mark was Sam Darnold. You agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's got a 67 uh, completion percentage. He's not throwing a lot of touchdowns, but he's not throwing a lot of interceptions. If he's just a game manager, if he's an Alex Smith with a bigger arm, then so be it. Um, I think they're building an offense that doesn't need, is not essential to have CMC there. And I think that's a smart thing to do because you just said they can't rely on him to be healthy. No, by the way, just, just to be clear, I don't, I don't think the, 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 the um, Panthers are a bad team. That's not what I'm saying. I just don't think they're going to contend for the division this year. That That's all I'm saying. In the year's future, I agree they are building that. I just don't think that's what they have right now. Uh, okay. I think this one is pretty much as almost as ridiculous as the Chargers question for contender pretender, but it is on the list. The 4-0 Arizona Cardinals. Uh, that is a contender, sir. That is a Super Bowl contender, without a doubt. Um, I absolutely agree. I, there's a lot of talent on that team, not only offense, but defense, and they can make plays just about everywhere. So good luck playing them in a big game. Um, and I, th- I, I just – the division is a tough division. Um, and I say that a lot, a lot of divisions, but this one, this one as well, and it has been tough division for many, many years. And we've talked about this, this off season. Um, we thought the 49ers would be the ones that would be sitting at the bottom by default. They are at the bottom only because I don't know why they're about below the Seahawks, but they just lost Jimmy G. So that'll be interesting, uh, going forward what uh, Trey Lance is going to do. I, I just look at the, the the Cardinals as a prolific offense that just keeps getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And it's just the defense needs just to do enough to maintain. And I think that's, that's the philosophy of what the Chiefs did the past few years is just do enough to maintain us so that we can rake up 21 points just like that. And put put the offense, put the other team in a position where all they can do is pass. And you do that now. Chandler Jones can just unload, and anybody else they have on on uh, 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 JJ Watt just unload on that quarterback, and just pin their ears back. And I think that's what they need to do. And I think that's why they're going to be a, a Super Bowl contender. And anyone who doesn't think that probably needs to get their head checked. All right, now on to our last segment, bank or tank. A little pre review of last week. You and I were both five and one. Yes. So I didn't gain any ground despite a great performance, and you continued your hot streak. Um, you've by far, oh, three games above me. I'm fourteen and ten on the year. You are seventeen and seven. Uh, number one fan of the show, Tammy, was four and two. Uh, last uh, last week. And has a ten and eight overall record, and John, who joined in for week four, came out a four and two as well. So, pretty solid showing from everybody involved. Yeah, a uh, total of eighteen and six for the four of us for for the week. So, we encourage anybody to go on our, our banker tank post and leave your picks. You can pick the same player as other people. That's not you know, 
it's not an eliminator kind of style play. You don't you don't have to just pick different people. Uh, so on to this week for Banker Tank Week Five. Want to go first? I will go first, sir. All right. My bank is Sam Darnold, Nick Chubb, and Jamar Chase. Okay. Mine are Daniel Jones, Alvin Kamara, and Stefan Diggs. And your tank? Uh, my tank is going to be Jalen Hurts, Josh Jacobs, and the Jets, Corey Davis. Tank for me, I went a little bit, uh, I don't know, I went a little risky here. Aaron Rodgers, Austin Eckler, and Calvin Ridley. I know I'm not crazy. I have good reasons, but uh, that's that's all I got for this episode. Uh, anything, anything, Ben? Are you good? I'm all set. Uh, just good luck to the ALDS, our AL Wild Card game tonight, and whoever wins, well, we'll move on, and 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 hopefully um, it'll be a good off season, a good postseason, and I'm hoping for some good content from baseball because, as you point out. The reason why we don't talk about them is because they just don't give us exactly. Stuff to talk about. If they're not going to interesting right now, it's just not going to happen. So, with that, we thank you very much for listening to episode one forty eight. If you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything else sports related at all, Ben and I'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can check us out on Twitter at BCTS Pod, Facebook Ben and Chris Talk Sports, the website bctspod.com, Instagram Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, subscribe if you have not already, and leave a rating and a review. We'd really appreciate the support. And tell a friend and encourage them to do the same. Word of mouth is probably the best way to spread the word, aside from spending a ton on advertisement. And it's just not under budget yet, but we do the best we can. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.